From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Alaska is burning this year in ways rarely or ever seen. So far this year, more than 530 wildfires have burned an area the size of Connecticut, and the typically worst of the fire season lays ahead. Among the wildfires already this year was the largest ever in a typically fireproof southwest region of the state, and a pair of blazes that ripped through forests and produced smoke that blew hundreds of miles to the Bering Sea community of Nome, where the normally crystal clear air was pushed into extremely unhealthy category. Recent rains have helped, but forecasts are showing a pattern similar to 2004, which was Alaska's worst fire year. First responders, volunteers, and several other agencies in Juneau participated in an exercise drill Saturday morning, simulating the response to a runway crash between a commercial plane and a smaller plane. The drill simulated a scenario where a Boeing 737's main landing gear fails during arrival, skids off the runway, and strikes a small parked plane. The crash causes major damage to the 737 and leaves many of its passengers injured. Volunteers who signed up to act the role of injured passengers were put into four triage groups, dead or most likely dead, most critical, somewhat critical, and walking or wounded. The Federal Aviation Administration mandates the triannual drill and requires 60 participants. Phil Adams, deputy airport manager, said that over 80 people signed up to be injured passengers. Many had fake blood and wound makeup. The, the ability for us to be able to exercise with our mutual aid partners, stakeholders, and to be able to get that um, that true picture of an airport emergency plan and how it works uh, is really invaluable. The drill started at 9.15 in the morning on Saturday and went on until 10.30. The drill was officially ended that morning at 10.50. Fire engines especially designed to respond to fires at the airport were deployed, only using water on the fire. As the exercise was nearing its close, Adams said it went fairly well. I think that it went uh, fairly well. Uh, the, the fire, uh, they had a couple issues with, uh, with uh, responding to the fire. Uh, that's understandable just due to the fact that it simulated. We had a lot of stuff that in real aircraft crash wouldn't be in there. But uh, they did a good job. Uh, for the most part, they were able to get that out of the way. Um, triage, we got, we got everybody uh, triage as quick as they could. Um, uh, I think from the standpoint of uh, preparing that it, it went quite well. Ed Quinto, assistant fire chief, said the fire took time to extinguish with the water. That's part of the problem when the, why the fire kind of lasts so long. Because usually we'll have dry cam and foam in place, so if we did had that, we would have had the fire extinguished a lot sooner. But without, without, those other, without those other chemicals, it kind of delayed the extinguishment. Assistant Fire Chief Ed Quino and Deputy Airport Manager Phil Adams. Juno City Manager Rory Watt spoke before the Juno Chamber at their weekly luncheon on Thursday. Watt talked about the 1% sales tax list that, after assembly approval, will be put to voters later this year. He noted one new kind of expense on the list this year. Back in the 80s, we spent a lot of money extending the municipal water system. Uh, we used sales tax to build uh, new facilities over time. Uh, and on this list, you're going to think, see things like child care, a new kind of municipal infrastructure. Watt spoke to that new kind of infrastructure. 
child care is a huge limiting factor for the community, limiting factor for people uh, being able to go to work, employer, employers being able to hire employees. So we've got funding for child care uh, on the list. Uh, and, I, and I'm saying a new kind of infrastructure. Uh, it's not like the state or federal government is stepping in to solve that. Maybe they will. Uh, if so, I don't know when. Uh, in the interim, uh, municipal program. The temporary 1% sales tax increase is put before voters every five years. Three finalists selected by the Bartlett Regional Hospital Board of Directors for the Chief Executive Officer position were in Juneau last week to conduct their final interview and interact with staff. Finalists Dr. Jeffrey Hudson-Cavallo, David Keith, and Dennis Welsh met with the public and officials at the hospital and the city. Kenny Selman-Gross is the chair of the board. He spoke about the process on the KINY Morning Show with Kelly Perez. Selman-Gross says there is no firm timeline on when the new CEO will be on the job, but he says the goal of the board is to get the right person for the next CEO. We have an interim CEO, and he's been here for a while. Um, I don't want to tell you that we have a drop-dead date. My, our most important goal of our of our board is to get the right candidate, mm-hmm. to get the right fit for Juno. All of these people that we've interviewed and all of the people that I've interviewed for this job for the last couple of years all had great qualifications. Chair of the Bartlett Board, Kenny Sullivan Gross. National Night Out is in early August, and Juno police are preparing. America's Night Out Against Crime is August 2nd from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. Juno police Lieutenant Craig Campbell spoke about what the night out is all about while a guest on Action Line. National Night Out is a national campaign designed to bring first responders and community members together and really just kind of build um, build those relationships outside of a, any type of stressful environment. I mean, just kind of like low stress, hanging out, talking, getting to know the community members, getting to know the uh, emergency responders, just having a good time. That's really kind of the goal of it. And explain who all will be there. Police Department and other first responders, such as uh, Capital City Fire and Rescue. We get people with Alaska State Troopers. We get... Um, U.S. Coast Guard, we get people from the jail, probations, all kinds of first responders um, and public service employees will come together and we'll go down and meet with those um, block party groups. Block parties will be held on the night, Campbell saying. Uh, we currently have seven block parties, seven uh, block captains, so we appreciate everybody who stepped up uh, as wanted to host one of those. And uh, so, yeah, seven parties, we'll get to go attend and get to meet people. Juno Police Lieutenant Craig Campbell. Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy is expected to sign legislation to formally recognize tribes in the state. The Alaska Federation of Natives announced the bill signing would take place on Thursday. The timing was confirmed by a Dunleavy spokesperson. Supporters of the bill have called it an overdue step that would create opportunities for the state and tribes to work together. The measure is similar to an initiative that was slated to go before voters later this year. Initiatives that qualify for the ballot can be bumped if the legislature passes substantially similar legislation first. Dunleavy spokesperson Shannon Mason says the bill would eliminate the need for the ballot initiative. Witnesses heard a loud bang or snap before a helicopter supporting firefighter operations near the community of Anderson separated and then crashed last month, killing the pilot. 
Numerous witnesses told the National Transportation Safety Board that the Bell UH-1B helicopter, piloted by Douglas Ritchie of Wasilla, had a normal liftoff June 26th from the airport in clear. The preliminary report did not provide a probable cause for the incident, which will come later. After the loud noise was heard, witnesses said the helicopter bucked, rolled right, and began going to the ground. After the helicopter crash, the report says a fire broke out, consuming a majority of the helicopter. A far-right internet personality has pleaded guilty to joining the mob that stormed the U.S. Capitol, where he streamed live video that incriminated him and other rioters. Court records show that Anthime Geonet, known as Baked Alaska to his social media followers, faces a maximum sentence of six months imprisonment after pleading guilty Friday to a misdemeanor court of parading, demonstrating, or picketing inside a Capitol building. He is scheduled to be sentenced on January 12th of next year. Geonet was scheduled to speak at the white nationalist Unite the Right rally in 2017 before it erupted in violence on the streets of Charlottesville, Virginia. On Friday, the Marie Drake Planetarium had two shows at 6 p.m. and 7.15. The shows are free as part of their mission statement. There is also a wait list for when the shows fill up. Each show can hold 25 people. Steve Kosis talked about what the show's focus was on Thursday on Capital Chat with Angel Montgomery. Our last two shows, we did cover the material on the James Webb Space Telescope, but now we have images from the James Webb Space Telescope, so we'll be displaying those images and talking about what's contained in those images and also about the properties of the James Webb Space Telescope. Cooksis also mentioned some exciting astronomical events to look out for year, it's interesting, there's actually four supermoons. The full moons of May, June, July, and August are all supermoons in the sense that the moon is at its closest approach to the Earth. So along with the supermoon is super tide. So this last uh, full moon, which was oh, July 13th, we had some super low and super high tides. The next full moon, which will be August 12th, we'll also get some super low and super high tides. So a great time to do some tidal walking because the next full moon in August will be the fourth of four supermoons uh, this year. The annual Donuts for Ducks raffle is coming up soon. Richard Burns, a member of the Glacier Valley Rotary Club, shared information on Capital Chat. It's Glacier Valley Rotary's biggest fundraiser of the year at Twin Lakes. Burns talked about how the process works for the first-time participants. What happens is you get your entry and then you get raffles ticket numbers allocated to you. So if you buy, you know, a quack pack or mm-hmm. a waddle pack or even some businesses go and buy a whole bunch of them and just give them to the staff. Whatever way you do it, that's what happens. And then we draw the winner. So the winner's going to be drawn or the winners are going to be drawn on September 10. It's going to be live right here on KINY and also on social channels as well. With the end of our destruction, we blow away the world. That was House on Fire by Michael Busey. The climate fair for a cool planet was on Saturday at Overstreet Park. Felix Tillett, who played Patrick in Small Talk, a play by Christian Kristen Ritter, talked about the fair's general events. 
It's a collaboration between 350 Juno and Theatre Alaska. So this is the second year of it, highlighting the important issues facing our planet of climate change. And it's through an artistic form. So there's poetry, short plays, dance pieces to kind of illustrate these in a proactive, inventive way. Another play by David Hunsecker uh, titled Intervention. There's a dance piece that's been choreographed by Haley Duran. There's a Ishmael Hope. I believe it's an original poem, which is going to be recited in Planket as well as translated in English by Frank Henry Katas. Hedy Laverne, who played Danny, shared Small Talk's message. Our play is kind of interesting in that it's it, it touches on how some people want to just get it done as fast as we can and um, other people recognize that it takes time and work and, and so it's kind of playing on those two different um, sides of how we want to approach uh, fixing our issues and um, uh, but it's done in a way which is more of a social uh, way as opposed to the actual environmental side. So. And Zachary Brown, a climate change leader from Tidelines Institute in Gustavus, gave a speech urging people to vote in the upcoming election and to sign a petition to stop the Willow Project. This is the part of the talk where I'm supposed to tell you to recycle and to change your light bulbs. I'm supposed to tell you to do things that are non-threatening, that don't rock the boat, and I refuse to do that. I refuse to waste your time with false solutions that the whole concept of the personal carbon footprint was invented by British Petroleum in 2005 in a $100 million ad campaign to convince us to blame ourselves. Because they knew that if we blamed ourselves, that if we figured that the only way to change, to, to fix climate change was to change ourselves, then it would take our eyes off the big picture. Meanwhile, Southeast Conservation Council's development and outreach intern Sydney Ribeira spoke on their mission at the Climate Fair. Southeast Conservation Council, so we are a regional organization uh, built around conservation efforts. We do a lot of water work, climate change is one of our sectors. We also do work for the Tongass Forest. So right now we have our Raven Calls which show some of the actions that we've been doing. We're here to educate people on some recent matters that are relevant to Southeast Alaska, like issues that are going to be relevant in 2023, like extending the Renewable Energy Fund to keep powering Alaska's re uh, next economy. We would like to establish a green bank to demand green energy. And that was introduced in 2022. And we would like to put a green bank into an agency like Alaska Energy Authority or Alaska Housing Finance Corporation so that the money will go back to Alaskans and fund things like heat pumps or electric car chargers. When asked what else they were focusing on at the fair, she said this. Giving away our tide books. And so every year our tide books show the tide tables, but also interviews with people from around Southeast Alaska. And so this year the theme is climate change, what everyone thinks about it, what solutions, what kind of future they would like, how it impacts people. We also have our Raven Calls, our biannual magazine. So that's what we're sharing with folks. Also the executive order from Biden on climate change action which would include uh, funding for more offshore wind farms as well as funding for FEMA to help extreme heat in certain homes. Because, you know, Alaska, not a lot of people have air conditioning here, so that's pretty important. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Atlin.